Today is about being filled with the Spirit of God. Today is about being filled up with all things God. And to do that, He's going to have to break you out of a few things. So I want to go on and tell you that you're going to have to be broken out of comfortable today. All right? Because comfortable will hold you in a position that's far less than what God would have for you. He has better plans. He wants to break you out of comfortable. He, he wants to break you out of familiar. There are times where we think, well, God can only do what I've seen Him do before. What if God wanted to do something that you've never seen before? That you've never experienced before? But if you're going to hold Him to, I can only let Him move in what's familiar, then, then we block this move of God. So we've got to break past comfortable. We've got to break past familiar. And so I want to pray that into you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Thank you for that time of worship. Thank you, Lord, how when we're just in the presence of worship and, and you inhabit our praise, that, that, Lord, the Holy Spirit might have the freedom now to move in our hearts and lives. That, Lord, where there have been roadblocks, that, Lord, you just demolish them. That where there's been fear and other things, things from the past that would hold us back from being able to receive Whatever it is that would hold us back from being able to receive today, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you just tear it down. That today, Father, we walk out of here and we have received everything that you wanted for us today. Everything that was for this appointed time, that we didn't miss anything. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the nature of God. The nature today is that he is infinitely wise. That he is an infinitely wise God. As I have studied this week on this message, there are times where it feels like my spirit is too big for my body. I don't know how to describe that, but my spirit gets so excited over the, the infinite wisdom of God that it feels like I can't contain it in my body. That's a bad deal sometimes when I'm preaching because I get so excited that my words get all jumbled up. But we're going to move past that, okay? So I want to... I want to share some things that talk about the, the wisdom of God to establish some context today. Psalms 147.5. We're just going to be there just for the reading of this verse. It says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. You hear that? The understanding of God is infinite. The wisdom of God, infinite. That's why the message today is titled Infinitely Wise. And then in Romans 11.33, it says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable are His ways. And there are times that we think about the wisdom of God and we say, that's too much for me. That's, that's too big. It's too much for me to understand. And so we'll take unsearchable and unfathomable and infinite and we'll say, I just want to, I can't even deal with it. And we'll just put it aside. Can I tell you today that what God is not trying to do in his infinite and unsearchable and unfathomable ways is to cause you to shut down. That is not his intention. He did not, he did not mean for you to shut down over this. You ever had a problem? It was so big you just shut down. I think there are times that the wisdom of God comes to us in a way that we're like, oh, that's too much. And we just shut down. What I believe God wants you to do is open up your spirit. Something that your natural mind can't comprehend. 
And so I want to take you to how the wisdom of God is demonstrated in three acts. It's demonstrated in the creation of the universe. The wisdom of God in creation. The wisdom of God in Jesus. The wisdom of God in Christ. And then the last one, and this is why you came. The wisdom of God in you. That God has a plan for you. That God wants to demonstrate his infinite wisdom in your life so that when people look at you, they go, wow, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that person. That's the plan of God. And so I want to I take you to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to begin with that first act, the wisdom of God in creation. I want to read a verse for you. It's found, Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Here is what it says. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. What scripture is saying to us is that God was revealing himself in all of creation. It is springtime, praise God. I looked out today on the way to the church and I said God it's beginning to turn green I said I've got in my mind that picture of when everything's green promise me you'll do it again I just love to see God's faithfulness of moving the seasons and things blooming and so all of creation is demonstrating God this past week I was studying I went to a person his name is Hugh Ross he's a astrophysicist yeah, that means he's a lot smarter than me. But he's a believer and an astrophysicist. And he started talking about creation and how all of creation demonstrates the handiwork of God. And so he, someone asked him, they said, how many stars are there, Hugh, in the universe? And he said, well, there are 50 billion trillion. I'm going to say that again. Not 50 billion. Not 50 trillion, 50 billion trillion. I told Brantley, I said, I did not know such a number existed. I've never needed a number that big. There's nothing I have ever done that needed the number 50 billion trillion. I mean, honestly, I sat and I still, I've got it on my nose here. 50 billion trillion stars. My God. That is bigger than them all. But he said, as a side note, those 50 billion trillion stars, they make up one quarter of 1% of the entire universe. Yeah, I got to say that one again, too. I know we're dealing in things that are infinite beyond us, right? So those of those 50 billion trillion stars, those 50 billion trillion stars only make up one quarter of 1% of the entire universe. My God, I think there are times you need to look at things like that and just go, wow, my God. And he said that the, the earth, our solar system, our galaxy, it's in the perfect place in the universe. He said that the universe is so finely tuned that everything has been set in perfect order and balance, just a little bit off on the size of the universe. I'm thinking they may have missed a few stars. What about you? 
you know, margin of error, give or take a few billion trillion. But they said that that is so finely tuned that just a little bit here or there would have thrown it off and life wouldn't be possible here on earth. And so you see some things, and I've got some pictures because I just want you to, to recognize this. The, the universe is located in the Milky Way galaxy, and it's located in the, the gap of an arm of this galaxy. By the way, we used to think that the Milky Way galaxy was the only galaxy, and now we have found out with telescopes that there are probably 100 to 200 billion galaxies. This is the God we serve. But we're right in this arm of this galaxy, which allows us to be able to see things that we couldn't see, that if we were anywhere else, we could get thrown out of balance and life wouldn't be possible. It said that the sun, I think we have a picture of the sun, that the sun, it has consistent luminosity. That's a nice word, isn't it? If I hadn't said earlier that I wasn't you know, into that, you would think, man, he's really smart. No, I just, I just read it. Consistent luminosity, what is that? It means that our sun is one of the most stable suns that they can find in looking at all the stars. You know when you have those sunbursts and it makes the technology not work right? And things, well, our sun doesn't do that very often. It's very consistent, which allows for life on the earth. By the way, the earth is at the perfect distance from the sun for life. Too close, we burn up. Too far, we freeze. The planet Jupiter. I know you don't sit around thinking about Jupiter every day. I know you don't. But I didn't need to bring up Jupiter for just a moment. Jupiter is necessary for life on Earth. I thought it had no purpose. Jupiter offsets the gravitational pull of Mercury and Venus, which keeps Earth in its right orbit. By the way, the moon is bigger than both moons and closer than most moons, why? Because it creates this balance to the earth, which keeps it in the right orbit, which keeps the seasons consistent over time. You think of all these things, and many of us who are sitting there look at that and we go, that's God. That's God. But I'm sure you have seen people that they have looked into the sky as well, and they say, there is no God. So why is it then that all of creation can reveal the majesty of God and yet there are some that say, nah, there's no God. Those things are random. Scripture tells us, verse 25, it says, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than creator who is blessed forever. You see, the mistake is made when we begin to focus and spend so much time on what God has made and what we have made, that we begin to worship the creation and not the creator. And we lose sight of God and in his infinite wisdom. So that's act one. And that's why some people can look out at nature in the sky and go, my God. And yet others go, there is no God. It's where we draw our attention. It's almost like we cannot see into the spiritual. We cannot see behind the glass. And so today, I want to just breathe on the glass and go, <gasps> look further, look further than the creation to the creator. Then I got to take you to act number two. That's the wisdom of God. 
in Jesus Christ. Go over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read some scripture to you. Here's what it says. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. Look on down to verse 24, and it says, But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so you see, through Jesus, God is revealing his infinite wisdom. But Scripture tells us that the Jews and the Greeks, they had a hard time with that. It says that the Jews loved signs and the Greeks loved wisdom. But this message of Jesus was foolishness to them. Now, I would venture to say that many of you have found the value in Jesus that are in the room today. But you probably have people that you know that believe the message of Jesus is foolishness. And many people are looking for things. Some are looking for signs and wonders. You're like the Jews. You're like, if I just see a big enough sign, if God writes it in the clouds, right? You'll believe. If God will just come to me. And I, when I was little, I used to pray that God would knock over this big old tree in my yard. I said, God, if you knock over that tree, I can believe you. I'm glad he didn't knock it over on the house. He never, he never knocked over that tree. And the Jews got plenty of signs and wonders. They, they got walking through the Red Sea. They got a Shekinah glory cloud that followed them day and night. They got a mountain that trembled. They got fire from heaven. And yet when Jesus come, they're like, surely that's not him. You see, for those who are looking for signs, you'll never have enough. But those who are looking for Jesus will find him. That's why wise men sought him out when he was born, but the Jews couldn't believe that he was born in a man. That's why prostitutes and tax collectors saw Jesus and said, that is truly sent from God. But the Jews who had studied the scripture goes, oh, no, that's foolishness. And so there are those who look for signs and then there are those who look for wisdom. That's our culture of the day. Everything's got to make sense to you, right? We're rational people. It's got to make sense. And the Greek said, if you can make a good argument for this, we'll believe you. And Paul said, I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for that trap. And so he said he preached with a, a simplicity, but with the power of God. That's, that's my heart, really. I don't think I've ever got the, the capability of eloquence. But if I can just be simple, and the power of God can be revealed, then I'll take that any day. So I want to keep the cookies on a low shelf for you. <laughs> because I believe that's what Jesus did. He put the cookies on the low shelf where the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the sinners could reach it. You know, but everybody, the, but the religious, they looked at that and said, oh, no, that's, that's, no, it's got to be higher and bigger than that. Can I tell you? No, the gospel's simple. The gospel's for anyone. And Paul said, I refuse to preach that way because if I preach with eloquence, people will walk out and say, what a good job Paul did. And Paul said, you can't walk out when I preach and say, what a good job Paul did or what a good job Kevin did or what a good job D did. You need to walk out going, great is our God. Great is God with simplicity and yet a, a power of the Holy Spirit. And so when the gospel is preached then, why is it that everybody doesn't run up to be saved? 
Why is it that maybe somebody's in the room today and you say, I'm having a hard time believing. I've never given my life to Christ. I've never, I've, I've never surrendered. I'm not even sure if he exists. Why is that? I'm glad you asked. Look at second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read three verses of Scripture to you. It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually afraid. Scripture says that to come in contact with Jesus Christ, with the God of the universe, you cannot get there with your natural mind. That the Spirit of God has to reveal that to you. And so there are many people who can't find God because you're trying to make it all make sense in what you can see with your eyes and hear with your ears and touch with your hands. And God says, I'm beyond that. <sighs> you got to move in the spirit. How could I explain that? Well, it's like this, that there are dimensions that unless you are in that dimension, you're completely lost. Think about a person who cannot see and try to explain to them color. Try to explain to them the beauty of a mountain or the Grand Canyon or a beautiful green field. Try to explain that to them. You can't because they don't have the capacity to see what you see. Try to explain to someone who has never heard what sound is like. The beauty of music like we heard major and minor chords and harmony. Try to explain the beauty of that. And you can't do it. In fact, we've got a video. It's one minute long. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not. But it's when children receive hearing aids for the first time. You see, up till then, they didn't hear. But watch the reaction of this child. When this child moves in another dimension that they've not moved in before. Watch this. Hello. <laughs> See the hearing aid? Hello. I've never seen that face before. Hi. <laughs> Are you emotional? You're gonna make me cry. Hi. Use your emotion. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, are you gonna be emotional like your mama? Yeah. You were just me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love you. I love you. See that? Now explain what happened there. This child has experienced the touch of love. They've experienced the sight of love. But they've never heard that mama say, I love you. And so mama could communicate now that they have been open to another sense, another dimension, to another level of love. 
What I am telling you is I believe there is somebody or some people in the room and you have struggled to believe that there is a God and it is not because he doesn't exist. It's because you haven't been tuned to that dimension. You not realize that it was a spiritual matter, not a natural. And you can't seek him with your natural mind. It's too big for that. You can't seek him with just what you see. He's too big for that. You got to open yourself up to another dimension, to the spirit of God. It says that a man, a natural man cannot understand because the things of God are spiritually appraised. They're spiritually tuned into. They're, they're spiritually known. And I want to ask you today to move beyond what is comfortable and move into the spirit of God. You see, I, I always assume something when I come to church. I assume you all wanted to be here. I do that every week. I never preach to people who don't want God because I don't think they're coming to church. I think you came here because you were curious. I think you're curious. I think you came here because you already know that there's a spiritual dimension and you're moving in it. So I speak to that crowd. I speak to the one that's hungry. And I say, this thing that you want, you'll find it in the Spirit. How do I open up to the Spirit? People will tell you that it's a difficult thing. And you need them to help you. <laughs> so you got to go through them, and they'll tell you what God says. The Scripture says you can go straight to God. The scripture says you can walk right on into the throne of grace. Scripture says that the sheep know His voice. They know Him. Can I tell you that if you have received Christ, the Spirit of God has been put in you. It may not be overflowing, but it's in you. And you can hear God. And if you will just open yourself up to this other dimension and say, I really trust that if I open myself up, I'll find God. It is not that God is not speaking to you. Can I tell you that? Anybody in the room, you say, God doesn't speak to me. Yes, he does. He speaks to you in 50 billion trillion ways. But you haven't been in the right dimension to receive it. But now when you turn your heart to realize that there's another dimension, you'll start acting like that little child. Your lip will start quivering and you'll go, he wants to talk to me? Yes, child, he wants to talk to you. He, he, would, he would talk to me? Yeah, he, he wants, he's talking to you all the time. You just haven't been able to hear him yet. But now, because you're willing to move into this other realm, you can hear him. And don't let people tell you that you need somebody else because you don't. Now, he can use them, but he doesn't need them. You can hear God for yourself. So now you can spend the rest of your life pursuing that. I love to work out in the yard. The other day I was out there and I was like, God, I'm picking up pine cones again. Five, 500 billion trillion pine cones in my house. <laughs> and I'm like, God, the coolest thing in the world is that you would walk with me and pick up pine cones with me. That you just want to hang out with me while I'm picking up pine cones. And I can talk with you while I'm picking up pine cones. If you have never heard God, you can hear Him today because He's speaking. Now the last part of this is the final act. It's the wisdom of God revealed in you. Listen to what Scripture says. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 1, verse 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God. Now you're listening. I'm ready to talk to you. God is not saying that he doesn't receive those who are wise. He's not saying that he doesn't receive those who are talented. He doesn't say that he doesn't receive those with a great deal of money. Whosoever will can come to Christ. He receives everyone. What he's saying is, though, most people, when something happens because a wise person done it, or because a rich person done it, or because somebody with great talent did that thing, they look at that and go, well, they were smart. It should have happened that way. But when God uses the base thing, when God uses the things that the rest of the world would throw away and discount, you look at that and you go, oh. In fact, sometimes people look at you and go, hmm, who do they think they are? And you can now say, look, I'm the final act of God. <laughs> I am the revelation of the infinite wisdom of God. In fact, some of you don't believe it, so I want to run back through it. You see what it says? He said, I chose the foolish things. Some of you have said, I can't get very far with God. I'm just glad I got saved. And I'm just going to hold on until God takes me because, you know, I'm not as smart as everybody else. Can I tell you, he doesn't need smart. He can use smart, but he doesn't need it. He'll use the things that are not, the people who didn't get that education, the people who didn't go to that school. He'll use them so that when they're in that position, you look and you go, well, how did you get there? It wasn't daddy's money and it wasn't that great education. What was it? And you go, it was God. It was God. So don't ever sit here and think that you can't be something because you don't think you've got the smarts for it. He doesn't need your smarts. Look at what else he doesn't need. He, he doesn't need the strong because he says he'll take the weak things of the world and shame the things that are strong. There are people, they say, I don't have it. I'm not strong enough. I, I give up too fast. Can I tell you that God will use the weak things and he will make them strong. What does scripture say? Let the weak say I am strong. Don't ever call yourself weak anymore. Because it doesn't even matter. God said I've been looking for somebody weak. I've been looking for somebody to show off with. I've been. I, is there anybody in the room? God said I'm looking for somebody to show off on. And a weak person would be perfect. Can I get a volunteer? Huh? Can he, can he get a volunteer? No, quick clap and raise your hand. <laughs> he said, I, I'll take the base things and the despised things, and, I, and I've chosen them. The base means the, the lowly, those things that were counted for nothing, those things that were counted out. Have, have you ever been in a room and you thought that you didn't count? You ever been around a group of people and you thought you didn't belong there, that you didn't count? God said, I'm looking for somebody who doesn't think they belong because I'd like to show off with them. 
I'd like to do something extraordinary with them. Is there anybody in the room that you thought that you didn't count? And if God said today, I'm looking for that person because I want to show off in their life. Would anybody raise their hand? That say, God, you can do that in me. I'll let you. I'll let you do that in me. He says, those people that were counted out. You ever been counted out? <laughs> you know, in a boxing match, when you get just nailed, and you see like their, it looks like their eyes roll back in their head, like stuff gets stiff, right? Like they're like, oh my, they counted out. There are a lot of people that you think because you failed that, that the world counted you out. Can I tell you, God didn't count you out? Can I tell you that there's a number of people, maybe even your family counted you out. But God looked at you and said, I've been looking for somebody that people had counted out. Because I just have this knack for raising stuff from the grave. Raising stuff from the dead. He said, I'd like to take the things that are not to nullify the things that are. You see, there's a whole world where there's poverty. And poverty has the front row seat in many of our places. It has a pretty high position here in our county. That there's a, a, a hopelessness in the world that has a front row seat. That people say, you can't get there from here. And what God is saying is, He wants to take people that are not... You ever heard that before when you wanted to do something? God stirred something in your heart and you said, who am I? Just like Moses, you said, who am I? I I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough, not handsome enough, not tall enough. I didn't live in the right neighborhood. I don't, I'm just not. And God says, I'm looking for somebody who's not. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody who's not. Because among poverty and hopelessness, and despair that has a front row seat. I'm ready to take somebody and go, excuse me, poverty, and excuse me. No, really, excuse me. Excuse me. I've got a seat at the table. Y'all need to make some more room, honestly. I didn't make that up. He said, I will take the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. And so what I'm telling you today is this thing that God is doing, at least here in this church, and he, I believe he is doing it all over the world. It's not unique to us. But there are times God makes you feel like it's, it's just happening to you. But I'll tell you that God is doing something here. I'll tell you that God is doing something in our community. God is doing stuff in the places where you go and work every day. It may not even be in Chester. And what he's looking for is somebody, hear me well, that will quit making excuses. Or quit making excuses of why God can't move in your life. Of why God's done. Of why he would never move. He's looking for somebody that he could go, Look again. Look again. You don't have to be perfect. He says, I'll take the foolish. I'll take the weak. I'll take the base. I'll take the despised. I'll take those things that are not those things that are counted out. And I will demonstrate myself last birth. 
It's in Ephesians. Here's what he's been trying to do. Here's what he wants to do in you. But you have to volunteer. Because he doesn't make anyone. But he says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. What is God doing? He created the world in this universe that everything is perfect for us to have life. But then we messed it up and we were counted out. But Jesus, God in his infinite wisdom sent Jesus. So that in this foolish thing of dying, we might have life. To give us new and eternal life. The, the life of God. So that then He can live and move in us. So then people look at you and I and they say, who are those folks? And God says, those were the ones that were corrupted by sin. Those were the ones that the devil thought that he could, he could send them into never knowing God. But I got them. And I raised them up. And I took those things that were broken. That I might demonstrate my glory. I took those who were weak and I made them strong. Why? Because of His great love for you. Now I got a question for you as we end. Are you going to see into the natural and be held back? Or are you willing to move into this dimension of the Spirit of God? Because I can tell you, if you want to be who God made you to be, you will have to move in the Spirit of God. You cannot access it through the natural. So you've got to be willing. I want to ask you today, I just want to put you to the test. Will you do it today? Will you decide today? Because if you won't do it today, you might not do it tomorrow. And before long, the enemy will tell you that it's too late. And I can tell you that it's never too late. But at some point, you got to receive. So is there anybody in the room today that you need to be at peace with God? you got to settle it. Be adopted by God. Move into the kingdom. We call that being saved. So that the, the Spirit of God might flow through you. Some of you got saved, but the Holy Spirit's been an absolute mystery to you. And it's time that you quit being afraid of the Spirit of God. Are there going to be people that will call you foolish? Yes. They'll call you foolish. They'll look at the things God's doing in your life and say it's foolishness, that it's not God, that it's you, that it's all kind of things. And you can let them stop you if you choose. Or you can just keep trusting that God is taking you and demonstrating His power on your behalf. And then there's some of you, you've been moving in the Spirit, and so you think you're cool. You're like, I'm good. I've been baptized in the Spirit. I'm moving in the... Yeah, I'm good. Can I, can I step on your toes for a minute? He's got bigger plans for you than you currently think. I'll take you back to Scripture that I've been reading. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who believe, those who love Him. Even if you're moving in the Spirit of God, I want to challenge you that there is more to God that there is more to be done as God moves through you. So I think there's at least three places you could jump in the water if you wanted to. You could begin a, 
a relationship with Jesus Christ so that now you can see this next dimension. And you'll be like that little child. Your lip will begin to quiver. You can realize that you were saved, but you were never filled with the Spirit of God to where you can move in that. And so you want to be filled up and see this spiritual dimension that's been sort of off limits to you, that it won't be off limits. And then for those of you that have been moving in that to say, this is no time to get comfortable. This is no time to be familiar. It's time to move. There's a stepping out, and I'm looking for those who will step out. Now, there's this crazy thing. The Scripture says that the Spirit of God can begin to move just by the, the laying on of, of hands. And so, for any of you that would say, I just want more. I just want more of God. Then what I'd love to do is, as your pastor called here, and, and I, any of you who minister that want to be a part of this, this laying on of hands, that we would just pray. And, and you don't need us to get to God, okay? Uh, but a lot of times that when you're around people that believe, it just helps you. It begins to open your eyes to the things of the Spirit. And so if you want more of God, this is another one of those. You go, well, that don't make sense. I don't understand this thing of, of laying on of hands. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know why it works, but it just works. And I know that when people cry out to God for salvation, He saves them. I don't know how it works, but it works. That when people want more of God, He gives more of Himself. I don't know why, it just works. And I'll tell you that if you will move, that it'll work in you. Oftentimes it hasn't worked, because you weren't going to do nothing with it to begin with. Now come on, can we just be serious? You weren't going to do nothing with it to begin with. Now, if you're ready to move, you're ready to do something with it, then come on. God, let's move. Open up the spiritual realm to this church so that even the demons of hell would look at you guys and go, ooh, never saw that coming. 